This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, it is The Bigger Picture and it's Mira Sivasodi. Crime has been uh, a major concern amongst many Malaysians. And um, in June, I caught up with Richard Wee from Safer Malaysia. And he's here with me once again. We'd like to find out what's happened with Safer Malaysia from the time it was launched in June um, till what? It's been about uh, how long? Coming up to one year now. Almost a year. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Richard. Hi, hi, Mira. Welcome. Uh, I mean, thank you for welcoming me. I must first say that... Uh, uh, we would like to thank uh, BFM uh, when we started the community started this project last year in fact even though it was launched in June but the first group started to meet as early as February last year when we started to formulate the name the idea the concept what we want to do uh, so by the time we met BFM in June the radio helped us launch the whole project it was really good thank you for that since then uh, we've moved on we've now been adopted by the Bar Council mm-hmm. uh, we are a full-fledged Bar Council committee uh, which means uh, we have the entire council secretary to support us and uh, from just a few of us now we've got about about 100 of us uh, on and off on emails uh, helping to sort out uh, organise our memorandum uh, Issuing our our messages, etc., etc. He's, he's been doing fine. Refresh up my memory, Richard. I mean, what's Safer Malaysia all about? Well, um, if uh, if you can recall, about a year ago, uh, poor Sinsi was uh, kidnapped at the curve, mm-hmm. and uh, we were so shocked with that news because it could have happened to any of us. Luckily for for her, she escaped, and uh, that. In a way, uh, while dramatic as it sounds, uh, inspired us to let's do something about it. So a group of us started to come up with a project to offer solution, uh, mechanisms uh, of how to solve crime, mm-hmm. how to reduce crime. And in short, we wanted to offer a vaccine for crime. Uh, we are not naive. La. We know that it's not easy to get a zero crime rate. No mm-hmm. country can do that. But the least we could do is to try and reduce it as low as possible and make Malaysia feel safe again. So we came up with a concept called Safer Malaysia and eventually uh, planned to have draft a memorandum, which we did, and hand it over to the relevant authority, which we did. And the difference between us and many other bo- uh, groups in the same nature is that we actually want to work with the government uh, and offer to find people to come and work with the government. Okay. How uh, did you go about doing that? Since the interview, um, you said it sort of helped you know, spearhead a lot of your um, initiatives. Mm. But what have you been up to since then? The, uh, since then, we drafted a memorandum sometime in August 2012 last year. Um, it's on our website, www.safermalaysia.com. And then we handed the memorandum to our learned Prime Minister, the uh, Home Minister, um, and uh, also the IGP, uh, and also Bar Council. And it was from that memorandum that uh, it attracted the council uh, to invite us and to join them. So since then, what we have done is that we have tried to speak to as many communities as possible in Klang Valley, uh, even in Ipoh, uh, but very limited in Ipoh, I must concede. And uh, even as far as in Kelantan, uh, certain community in Kelantan knows about this, uh, to try and change the mindset of people, to try and educate them that uh, crime is also partly your responsibility, but also we need the government and the system to be accountable to help make the atmosphere safe again. Mm-hmm. Just to make sure, um, or just to reconfirm, you were an NGO at that time? No, actually no. Uh, we were not an NGO. We, we were just a group of people who... Uh, 
you know, met, met up together with a common intention and common interest. And uh, we felt we didn't want to form an association or our society uh, and just do what we had to do from our heart. Mm-hmm. So that, memorandum, that memorandum, Richard, was very much a roadmap as to where you were going. You just want to give me a gist as to um, what, was, uh, what, was the, what were the contents of that memorandum? Well, the memorandum was drafted to try... And what what we did was we visualized that if we received the memorandum uh, as a let's say a home minister, uh, would the home minister want a memorandum filled of complaints? Of course not. Mm-hmm. Uh, would we? Would the home minister or prime minister or IGP want a memorandum filled with uh, blurbs of issues like oh we want better economy, we want a better system? Is is we don't want something to go all over the place? So the memorandum was drafted with a milestone, a timeline. Uh, we offer short-term targets of solution, mid-term targets of solution, and long-term targets of solution. But if you look at it from a macro point of view, the entire memorandum uh, actually had many layers of solution. Uh, if you uh, deduct the issue of timeline, you forget about the issue of timeline for a moment and just see what is the end product. So, for example, uh, we so you want moved to, backwards. Yeah, you know, we, we've got issues of personal safety, uh, atmosphere, creating a proper atmosphere, disincentivize crime, etc., etc. There are many layers to it. Okay, yeah. and you know what makes you so different? I mean, if I'm the minister of um, Home Affairs, I'm thinking I'm sure I receive memorandums and proposals like this from various other outfits who are also helping to champion crime. Do you guys work together outside, um, you know, on your own, coming together as one before you actually um, propose to government? Well, uh, firstly, Mira, the the group of people who who met up were all normal Malaysians. Uh, None of them were related to crime fighting at all. Some of them are just normal bank officers, some are lawyers, some are teachers, etc., number one. Number two, uh, we, we, we knew the way we drafted our memorandum was slightly different from our, the other groups we were studying. But uh, any memorandum given to the government, in my view, uh, should have been at least referred to. If the government don't wish to work with organisations or groups like Safer Malaysia, it's okay. Uh, but the government needs or the, the system, uh, the administrator, the security administrators must find ways to solve crime. It's okay if, let's say, uh, our current administrator feel, nah, I don't think Safer Malaysia is good enough. Fair. We're not saying we're the best. We're not saying we're correct. Then we assume that you have solutions. We assume that you have found ways to solve it. But one year down the road, with respect, um, we don't feel safe still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why we felt that uh, we were uh, different, not in the sense of uh, arrogantly trying to tell the government you must work with us. We felt we were different because we actually genuinely wanted to join whatever committee they created in the government and, and work with the government or the police or the administrator to find solutions. So were they open to it? Um, unfortunately, we didn't really receive any uh, positive feedback from them. Uh, I must say that the Prime Minister actually sent a letter back to Safer Malaysia uh, acknowledging receipt of the memorandum and then copying it to the Home Minister. Since then, uh, we've been uh, not hearing anything from them. But... I'm sure the, our ideas in the memorandum would have been picked up. For example, the Home Minister decided to buy more motorbikes for the police mm-hmm. to create more presence. That was partly one of our proposals, to yeah. create more presence. So maybe, I'm just speculating, maybe the Home Minister got that from us. Okay. Um, but uh, the, the only body which really uh, embraced the entire project 
was actually the bar council. Why the bar council and how did they come on board? Well, the one of the reasons why we served the bar council was uh, many of the issues re- were related to law. For example, effective enforcement of law um, via the police and the prosecution, uh, the rule of law that we, you know people must learn to respect the law and and uh, in a way uh, accept the accountability of law. Then when we, our logic was if people don't challenge law, they respect the law, they will follow the law usually. Uh, and at the same time, we also have ideas like criminology, uh, which is well within Bar Council's domain. And I'm a lawyer, as you know. Uh, from that, we, we studied our Legal Profession Act and realized that Safe Malaysia's uh, concept fall within the duties and obligations of the Bar Council. Mm-hmm. So we serve it to them. And the former Bar Council President, and in fact the current Bar Council President, uh, Mr. Christopher Leong, the former President is Mr. Lim Chibi, they were both uh, very, very uh, supportive of this idea and they took us in. Okay. Legally, are there loopholes as far as crime is concerned? Well, there will always be loopholes, uh, Mira. You know, in drug cases, for example, uh, there will be some laws with uh, with certain loopholes uh, due to either highly creative interpretation or, or perhaps poor drafting. But um, our Attorney General, uh, to be to be, I think many people are unaware that he constantly try to uh, make the law better. He amend the law to try and uh, uh, cover the loopholes in our criminal law. But the, the the main problem actually now is not the loopholes in law. It's uh, actually in a way uh, perhaps the perception that the law is not effectively applied. Okay. And is there a solution in your memorandum for that? Well, what what uh, in terms of the effectiveness of the law, uh, we feel that of course the two targeted parties will be the police and the prosecution. Um, we recently met uh, with certain police officers. And they are very receptive of the whole idea of uh, community policing, uh, working with the community. And uh, I know for a fact our atten- uh, our IGP really is trying to change things in the police. It'll take time. Um, but when people want to change things, at least it's a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this, uh, But there will always be that, that problems with some of the bad hats. Who take law, you know, into their uh, own into hands. Their own hands you know. <laughs> uh, some of the officers may be a bit too high-handed, uh, but let's not be negative. <laughs> now we we to try to be positive and see what we can do. So one of the ways to to solve is, of course, the attitude of the police, uh, the retraining of the police, uh, which I understand is ongoing, uh, and then we have to stem corruption. Uh, perhaps our government, who, as you know, has been giving out uh, very uh, good handouts to people on brim, uh, maybe they can transfer that money to our police, our army. You know, increase the salary. Uh, that will then make it disincentify them from you know being corrupted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so etc etc so the the enforcement part of the law is to try and make our police uh, better so we we have to give police better equipments better logistics uh, better uh, machines you know so that they are able to do their work better mm-hmm. what yeah. about the quality of police personnel Richard? well uh, one of the problems that uh, i think we inherited a system where our police personnel are as low as uh, uh, SPM grad mm-hmm. get in or STPM grad it's get in. It's pretty much like the teaching profession, actually. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to look down on the police. I'm not saying just because you're an SPM grad that you're immediately uh, uh, daft. No. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that for investigation, we need someone who is able to have an, an analytical mind. Of course, if you're an SPM grad and you have an analytical mind, Why so not? be it. Good. But we've seen it, Mira, many, many times. Uh, 
people uh, who have a proper qualification and experience are better at doing investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes uh, our our young police officers, they, you you can see when you go to the police station, the investigating officers they are trying. Many of these young chaps they are trying, but uh, they are limited by equipments and experience. And so, training And training So we got to help them right. that, That's one of the solutions We must help our police Yes, they make mistakes And I will be the first To criticize them If they do something wrong uh, But when they're trying to improve Then we must help our police As, as you see my phrase It's our police yep. Not their police mm-hmm. So we, we will try and find a way to, to, to make them better When we come back We'll find out more about Safer Malaysia And what they've been up to They've got a forum Happening um, When is that again? On Saturday On tomorrow On Saturday at 4pm At 4pm In at the Bar, Bar Council, Council building yeah. Right When we come back We'll find out more about Who's actually participating Who are some of the speakers On the bigger picture BFM 89.9 You're listening to BFM 89.9 The Business Station Good afternoon, it is The Bigger Picture and it's Mira Sifasodi. Crime has been of great concern to many Malaysians. I mean, we just had the Bukit Gassing case where a 52-year-old woman was um, mugged and murdered. Um, and with me is Richard Wee from Safer Malaysia. We're trying to find out what Safer Malaysia has been up to. They are now part of the Bar Council and um, going you know, full steam ahead with um, trying to arrest this problem of crime in the country. Richard, when you read about... Um, the lady who you know was mugged and murdered in Gassing. What? How did you feel? Well, Mira. Um, firstly, uh, on a personal note, she's my aunt-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the first ever Safer Malaysia committee meeting at Bar Council on twentieth of April at eleven a.m. We thought uh, because to arrest the perception or accusation that we may be politically inclined. We purposely held the first meeting on the day when everyone was going for nominations. So we let the politicians nominate themselves for election and let the Rakyat meet at the Bar Council for our first meeting. We thought it was going to be that way. By about 12.30, 1 o'clock, we decided we will hold a forum on 27th of April and a vigil uh, in memory of the victims of crime. And unfortunately, about 4 5 p.m., my aunt passed away. And uh, when I heard it, uh, I was numb. Um, despite hearing virtually every day someone getting hurt, uh, but when it's one of your own relative, uh, it was devastating. My aunt was an awesome lady. Um, she she's one of those. Uh, in fact, she's not the only one. The entire family, you know, uh, my aunties, they're all involved in Kiwani's club. They're helping kids. They are trying their best to make Malaysia better and safer. These are all the unknown heroes. And they're not the only one. There are many other Malaysians like that. Mm. My poor Aunt Irene uh, was at the wrong time at the wrong place. Uh, my president of the bar, Mr. Christopher Leong, said very well. He said this is senseless, senseless killing. Uh, I'm not saying that if the crime makes sense, it's okay. But we sometimes we can understand why some criminal get involved in crime. Mm-hmm. We don't agree, but we understand. But this was just absolutely senseless. Yeah. So in in fact now because of uh, what has happened to Aunt Irene, uh, the entire forum uh, will be held tomorrow at 4 p.m. We'll be taking a different tone now. There's a tone of uh, anguish, anger, disappointment, despair, and a desire to want to do something. But our objective and our target remains the same, mm. which has always been to offer solutions, mechanisms, and uh, so that at the end product of the entire work, we will feel safer. Mm. But how do you stay focused, Richard? I mean, your emotions would probably cloud your head. 
um, there have been conspiracy theories in regards to the timing of her death and you know the mugging. Um, I mean, as family, doesn't it upset you at all? Of course, uh, the entire family was uh, very unhappy about this. But the fact remains is uh, people shouldn't speculate. All that happened that day was uh, a lady with a child. Uh, well, she's not a child; she's a teenage girl. Walking home, uh, or not walking home, walking towards uh, another area, just met into two mindless person who decided to do something really stupid. Mm-hmm. So it's really bad, and um, uh, the family are gr- is grieving. And uh, I think eventually uh, we want to make sure that uh, Aunt Irene didn't go away in vain. Right, uh, her death will not be in vain. Um, so yeah, but we've kept for me personally. I've been surrounded by many strong friends. Uh, and a co- safer Malaysia committee is filled with community leaders, uh, bar council leaders, uh, who has kept us staying objective. Uh, and you can hear from my voice, I, I don't think I sound emotional, but I am in my heart uh, grieving for my auntie. Mm-hmm. But I've got a job to do. I've got a forum to organize tomorrow, uh, and, and we've got to get it done. And that will be our launching, uh, another launch at another level. level where the Bar Council now will launch Safer Malaysia to the community and society and says, we are now here. We want to work with you, uh, with the people and with the uh, government. If I can just go off track for a while, the Safer Malaysia committee of the Bar Council want to work at two le- levels. On one side, we want to work with the community. Uh, we will try to become the platform for the resident associations all over, hopefully Malaysia. We'll start with Klang Valley first. And on the other hand, to work with the authorities, the uh, police, the um, uh, DPP, and the government, the Prime Minister, um, the Home Minister, to offer a platform and to find solutions on both sides. That's what we want to do. Okay. And the forum is the beginning. Sure. For someone like me, um, Richard, who goes into Gassing Hill all the time um, on a Saturday evening or whatever, just for you know exercise, and there are a whole load of other people who go in. There. Yes, it's a popular place to. And it to sort of hit a lot of people. Um, and many I saw on Facebook were thinking, you know, does this mean I need to stop going to Gassing? You know, from now. I mean, and that's going to be generally the the um, uh, the reaction. Um, when anything happens, the curve, you know, wherever. I mean, what's your advice? Well, um, number one, it is absolutely natural for people to feel that way. And there's nothing wrong to feel afraid and not wanting to go there for a while. Uh, The key now is that uh, we have to try and change the entire atmosphere. Uh, Our current atmosphere, we respect, I remember our home minister, uh, Oh, now, in fact, he's a caretaker home minister. He infamously said that it is a perception of the people that there's a high crime rate. With respect to our home minister, I think what we must have is that we should have a perception that Malaysia feels safe. Mm-hmm. That to have that perception. So you're saying it's more the perception than the statistics, really? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah. By the way, about the statistics, with respect to the statistics, uh, Safer Malaysia co-founder Mr. Yip Hyun Wing in this article, which is on our website, have. Uh, shown that the statistics is inaccurate uh, but we won't go there today uh, like I said we're not here to find any attacks but whenever someone talks about statistics I get a little riled up because yep. 
who cares about statistics when someone is still out there being hurt? You can give me all the statistics in the world, uh, which you didn't even explain how you came to the statistics. You gave me an end product, but you didn't tell me how you calculated it. Uh, how are we going to trust that statistics? Right. It's very interesting. You you know feel that way because. I remember I did a show with Dr. Sundramuti, who's an associate professor yes, in yes, University yes. Science Malaysia. He's a criminologist. Yes. And we spoke about exactly this, crime statistics, crime data. And he had a very good point. He's like, it all depends on how you interpret these crime statistics. You can interpret it to your advantage. You can in- interpret it you know, the way you want to. Exactly. And he, I understand, is going to be one of the speakers in your forum tomorrow. Exactly. We, we are so excited that we got him to come. He's flying all the way from Penang, Dr. Sundra. Uh, as you may know, is an associate professor from USM and also a fellow ex-co member of the Crime Prevention Foundation. Uh, to me, I think to be able to invite him to come is an honor for us to hear him. But he'll be there. So that's with regards to statistics. Yep. Back to the question you asked about, the, you know, people not wanting yes. to go. Um, what the people, the system, and the government must now do, and we've been saying this for years, it's not something new, is we have to make things work better. Uh, the the policing must be more effective the uh, enforcement law must be more effective the uh, crime must be disincentivized we must find ways to stop the criminal uh, instead of blaming the victim uh, you know our one of our favorite phrase in safer Malaysia is stop the criminal and we stop the crime we must find uh, uh, the, the the ways to try and and, and make uh, the entire uh, country, have the atmosphere of safety and that's where our memorandum is there it, it's, it's drafted to give that kind of solutions it's funny we tend to focus on the victim don't we yeah um, it is interesting that um, and it, we, sh- we shouldn't just point our fingers in the police whenever we launch a report they, they ask you the question uh, why you didn't lock up your door etc I think even we do that too yeah. um, I, 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 I think it is inaccurate to always ask the victim for example, if I can give a dramatic example, a rape victim. Um, and if, if we shouldn't be asking whether the lady wore a short skirt mm-hmm. or, you know, was she asking for it. I will go as far as saying this, Mira. I know this sounds a little dramatic. But if a lady is walking around, let's say, topless, she's still not asking for it. You know, it's, it's, so don't say things like don't get raped. Don't blame the victim for being. The key is that that fella who raped her, he is the one who is wrong. Don't rape. The key message has always been don't rape, don't rob, don't attack. Instead of don't get raped, don't get robbed, and don't get attacked. <laughs> so uh, we've got to change that mindset. And that will come into a, in our memorandum. We will propose uh, to deal with the education minister to go back to school to try and stop that young boy or a young girl who's now 11 years old who may have a propensity to cri- for crime to stop him or her from thinking like that so that when he or she is 17, 18, they don't do crime. We've got to go back there to stop it there. Uh, and uh, we, we draw strength from what has happened in, in the States, uh, in US, uh, the American teaching system tried to do that to stop crime happening even from the inception sure. of the school. Education uh, is just one area, Richard. I mean, what about social... Um, inequalities um, mm. That's one of the reasons Socioeconomic yeah. background uh, In fact for the Safer Malaysia Memorandum For our social atmosphere uh, We have suggested things For example uh, To shame the, the criminal If you, if you, you were caught for uh, Shoplifting for example Found guilty Put up his photograph 
you know, to make it so uh, unsexy to do crime. And the inequality uh, is actually in our memorandum where we deal with the uh, highest level of solution. For example, uh, the highest level of solution for us is a better economic background. Uh, when people are earning better money, mm-hmm. usually by logic, crime will drop. When people are treated fairly, uh, people don't get angry and they're not, they don't have propensity to do crime. They don't feel that they are the small one yeah. and therefore oh, I have to do something to show I'm the big one. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's all there in our memorandum. Manifestos were announced about two weeks ago, um, Richard, by both sides of the political divide. Um, do you think both sides were fair or are doing enough um, or have pledged to do enough as well, far as crime is concerned? Um, Malaysia, number one, is has been uh, bipartisan all over. If you look at the list of the speakers, uh, I think this would have been the best time to find both sides of the political parties to come for the forum because they will come with election being one week away. Uh, but we choose to stay bipartisan and the list of speakers who are coming tomorrow, uh, for example, uh, Inche Shamshul, a former DPP, now a lawyer, Miss um, Wendy Tan, who is a co-founder of the Facebook's Malaysian Crime Awareness Campaign mm-hmm. with 20,000 followers, they're a massive group there. Mr. Jeffrey Pang, who is a community leader in Kota Damansara residents, um, and Dr. Sundra, all uh, bipartisan people. So we started from there, number one. We, we, are, we try to stay in the middle. And if you look at it from, from the middle point of view, left and right, uh, both parties are trying to solve crimes. Uh, the current governing party have been in power for 50 over years. And I think the perception is that you've been in power for so long and yet this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. So can we trust you to solve the crime then on the other side of the coin is a group of people uh, who's never been in the federal government uh, trying to gain our trust that they can do it Uh, they have offered some ideas so now the key is the personnel Uh, since in my view if both the manifesto address the issue of crime and both parties want to solve it you have to look at the characters behind the manifesto Uh, if Mr. X from party A and Mr. Zack from Party B say the same thing. Look at the character who you feel that you you can trust more. Mm-hmm. If you look at look at both uh, manifesto, I'm I'm I must say uh, I'm quite attracted to what uh, the Pakatan are trying to offer. But having said that, I think our current Prime Minister is really fighting hard to try and convince all of us that uh, he can do it. So let's see what happens in fifth of May. Mm-hmm. We will be will be interesting to see. Wonderful. Um, what more do you think can be done? Aside from the manifestos, uh, well, or do you think we know it? It's just a matter of execution. At the same time, while while we want things to be done, and uh, we don't want knee jerk reaction. Yeah, for example, Mira, if uh, Aunt Irene is uh, you know, now that she's unfortunately left all of us, I don't want a CCTV camera to be placed all over Gasing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go walking around with my wife and my girl. And then every five minutes, I see a police officer standing next to me. I'm not, I mean, it's nice to have police all around. But the poor police have got to go do some other work. Uh, and I also don't want to live in an atmosphere where immediately we put up bigger gates, higher fence. So that, the knee-jerk reaction is, is wrong. But what I think we must do is to immediately, uh, uh, by social pressure, push uh, the two current parties and tell them, look, you know, if you really want to govern us, you really got to give us a effective way of solving crime. Don't just say it. Don't just talk about it. Show us your roadmap. What do you want to do? How do you want to solve crimes? Both parties just say they want to solve crime. How? Mm-hmm. 
I want I would like to know that. Yeah, there is no roadmap as such. We we respect to them. We respect. Yeah. Okay. So coming up um, at the forum, you've got all these prominent speakers um, for all of us to come and listen. Um, but what's the objective really? If I were to come, uh, Richard, and attend this, I take all this information back with me, and what do I do with it? The the forum uh, is actually the starting point. Um, now that we are part of Bar Council, uh, in a way we are starting again, but at a higher platform. So it's a launching pad to la- launching pad to number one share information, share with the attendee uh, what uh, we plan to do, what are the plans, what can we do as a community, what can we do as citizens of Malaysia, uh, etc. So it starts with that. So in a way, it's a awareness campaign, uh, the starting point. Uh, and then we also want to give it as an, a, a, a platform and an avenue for our rakyat to say something, so people now can take the stage and take the mic and and perhaps vent, vent and let go. <laughs> you know, lepas tension they say. Yeah. Uh, we don't we don't encourage people saying silly things, but be constructive. Uh, yeah, but in bar council, uh, we believe in freedom of speech. So the the I mean. You have to be responsible when you exercise it, but go ahead if you want to say something. Mm-hmm. So that that forum will be that. It, it will be an opportunity for speakers to share their views and have a discussion, and the normal citizens to come and chit chat, dialogue, and yeah, perhaps vent as you say. Okay, and there will be a candlelight vigil at seven o'clock. Oh yes, yes. Thank you for reminding me, uh, Mira. At seven uh, p.m. Uh, tomorrow, we would like to have a candlelight vigil uh, in the memory of all victims of crime. Uh, we actually plan it, as I said, last Saturday on the 20th, uh, that we will hold this vigil. Some, uh, especially Malaysian insider, I noticed, uh, kept on reporting that the vigil will be for An Irene Ong. Uh, she is unfortunately a victim. And we will have a vigil for her. But not just her, mm-hmm. but for all our poor Malaysians, uh, or even those visitors, our tourists, who became victims of crime in our country. Uh, it is in their memory. And uh, we invite all Malaysians to come. 7pm, Bar Council Building. Um, if you can bring your own candle, we good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will try to provide as much candles as we can. And it should start by 7 and end by 8. Okay. And is this a virtual vigil as well? Yes. At the same time, uh, well, we are aware that it's unfair to get everyone to come down to KL to do it. When we did the first Safer Malaysia Vigil on 1st of August 2012, a uh, hundred over of us met at the Banda Utama Central Park outside Wang Utama. At the same time, we call upon all Malaysians all over the world to light a candle or a lighter or a match, take a photograph of it and then upload it on Facebook. More than a thousand people took part on that day and that night from all over the world. We are now inviting all Malaysians all over the world tomorrow, 7pm to 8pm, Anywhere you are, especially now all of us have, almost all of us have smartphones, take a photograph of a match, light, candle, uh, and then upload it on Facebook or send it to Twitter and tag Safer Malaysia. At Twitter will be at S-A-F-E-R-M-S-I-A with Safer Malaysia, our Twitter handle, or just go to Facebook and send it to Safer Malaysia. Wonderful. So if you'd like to be a part of the forum, it is happening tomorrow, 4pm at the Bar Council Auditorium. Is there an address, um, Richard? Uh, it, it's at Lebo Pasa in KL. Entrance is free, uh, but we will strongly recommend you to register with our officer at Bar Council, Miss mm-hmm. Anusha. Her email is uh, A-N-U-S-H-A Anusha at MalaysianBar.org.my Or just call Bar Council and speak to Miss Anusha Register first 
and uh, at the same time uh, it, it's located right behind Central Market in KL okay. uh, and it's also pre- pretty near to the iconic Hong Kong and Shanghai Bank now known as HSBC uh, near Central Market area okay. please come tomorrow uh, try to be a little bit earlier because we we'll want to start punctually at 4 o'clock and the candlelight vigil will be at 7pm yes we hope to finish the forum by about 6.15 to 6.30 and uh, get ready for the vigil at 7pm. You will entertain walk-ins, won't you? Yes, of course. Okay. Uh, the reason why, if I can just share, I hope people understand why we uh, rather you register is, number one, we need to cater for some food. Mm-hmm. So it would be a little odd to cater for 20 people when 100 people come. So I hope they understand. Sure. Uh, and the food is actually sponsored by uh, some lawyers uh, who donated money towards the forum. And I want to thank some of these lawyers, uh, Mr. Rajiv Pat- uh, Mr. Yip, my partner, they, they're all donating money to Mr. Sahadeva, they are donating money. Then, uh, at the same time, with respect also, we need to know who you are. Uh, I, I uh, We've had forums in the council where some really weird people came in and, <laughs> and, and started uh, throwing chairs and oh dear. Yeah, got, got violent in there. And then, so as a security, not against these people, but for the other people in the hall we need to protect the, the, the non-violent no, non-troublemaker ones from those people so we, we keep an eye that way it's not foolproof but we've got to be responsible and do something about sure. it so, so register email anusha at malaysianbar.org.my all the best Richard thanks Mira Richard Wee from Safer Malaysia on The Bigger Picture BFM 89.9 thank you for listening to this podcast to find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.